0: There's just an overwhelming support in terms of the majority of Americans not wanting to overturn Roe. So to that end, when Texas passed the SB8 law, over 50 large, very well-known companies actually endorsed an open letter.
1: Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights, and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of While We Were Working Episode 28. We've got a great, tough topic episode for you. And I want to give you a little insight of what we're going to cover. We're going to talk about Roe v. Wade and its impact on the workforce and what you, as a small business leader, need to know about how it's impacting your workforce. And then the other topic that we're going to cover today is all about that transition from contractor to employee. As you look to build your team. As always, I'm joined by my excellent co-host, Summer Keytron, who is our consulting practice manager here at Jumpstart. And hey, Summer, you want to say hey?
0: Everybody listening and joining us on LinkedIn Live, we're so excited you're here. And stick around because as Joey said, we absolutely have um, some very important topics today that you don't want to miss.
1: Yeah, and that first topic, we're just going to dive right in and talk about it. It's it's Roe v. Wade, and um, this is our segment called While We Were Working. And unless you've been hiding under a rock, uh, you have heard that Roe v. Wade may be overturned. And so um, I just want to ask you, Summer, kind of why are we talking about it? What is the context around it and how it might impact, impact us at work?
0: Really great question, Joey. And for those of you that follow the show, you know that uh, working as the consulting practice manager at Jumpstart, I'm in direct communication on a daily basis with small business owners and leaders who are looking to us for advice and counsel on all things business and HR. And of course, um, with this in the news, especially given that we support businesses across the entire US uh, who may be impacted by different laws within their state. You know, they're kind of coming to us saying, oh, my gosh, you know, what should I be communicating? Um, I'm being asked to form an opinion and there's a different, um, shall we say, comfort level <laughs> in approaching this topic. So. I felt that it was really important to discuss this on our show today. One, just to give uh, business leaders kind of some food for thought, you know, things to think about. Uh, and hopefully at the end of the show, you know, they will have some information uh, to better form uh, their, their position and determine whether uh, they want to speak out about this. Uh, certainly the article that we're going to discuss, uh, which was in Forbes, The article was called why companies may not speak out about the future um, of Roe v. Wade. Um, I think there's a lot to dive into and uh, you know, definitely looking forward to our listeners thoughts. Please drop them in the comments. If you, you know, if you have questions or thoughts on this topic as well.
1: Yeah. This is one of those topics where, you know, it's, It's easy for an executive to talk about, hey, here's what we're going to do if there's a snow day, or here's what we're going to do if there's COVID, uh, Mm -hmm. or here's what we're going to do if there's a holiday and we, um, you know, are either going to leave early before the holiday Mm -hmm. or not. Um, But with something as profoundly important as Roe v. Wade, it's something that, Uh, executives may want to shy away from because they don't know the right thing to say or the right Mm -hmm. uh, way to navigate it. But that only stands to hinder uh, your team's uh, risk, not respect, but their outlook of maybe you as a leader or uh, the thoughts and beliefs and values of the organization. And it's tough, right? Because on one end, you want to You want to have diversity of thought, diversity of perspective, uh, diversity of goals and beliefs about anything um, at work. Uh, But then at the same time, some things are so important where you just need to do a town hall or issue a a video or issue a, a meeting where you talk about it. And I think that Roe v. Wade is important just to set or the potential reversal of Roe v. Wade is important just to set a few parameters around it. Um, one, I think politically it, it's a big issue. Uh, I think that folks are motivated to vote for, uh, candidates who are on their side of the, of the decision. Um, the other is from a healthcare standpoint and what are the potential implications that it might have on your, uh, ability to offer, um, healthcare and, um, maternal and maternity benefits and how that might might shake out. Um, and then the other is a gray area of retention and engagement where, you know, you either say the right thing or don't say anything or say the wrong thing. And it's tough to to know how your team is going to react to it. And so it's very important for us as leaders in the, in the business community and um, people leaders so pay attention to this and know how we're gonna react and respond um, as it comes.
0: You said it well, Joey. And in this article uh, that I've referenced, it it was really interesting to me that when it comes to topics such as like Russia's invasion of Ukraine, uh, climate change, or you know even perhaps the murder of George Floyd, many companies took a stand and. You know, maybe that was because they were pressured by their customers, they thought it was the right thing to do, or they were pressured by public opinion. And this article talks about that exactly, and you know really just kind of poses the question, you know well, why you know, why are so many quiet on this topic? And you know I don't want to cover the entire article in its uh, in, you know uh, in this episode, I want to encourage our listeners to actually go out. And and read it because there's a lot of great links in here where it talks about that, you know, kind of the number one reason that uh, companies uh, may have been quite on this topic is because they're afraid of the backlash. And that's just due to, um, you know, when you think about the other topics uh, that I mentioned, I, I think there's just an overwhelming support in terms of the majority of Americans not wanting to overturn Roe. So, um, you know, to that end, um, when Texas passed the SB8 law, over fifty large, very well-known companies actually endorsed an open letter. Um, and you can go out to this article and click on the links and see all of those companies. And I think, you know, really the message that they're they're trying to say, aside from, you know, the message of uh, restrictions on reproductive care being bad for business and the state's economy. Uh, when I hear bad for business, I'm not thinking just dollars. I'm thinking, you know, bad for their bad for their employees, bad for their wellness and and for their health. And so, um, when I saw the list of names on this company, I was kind of taken aback because um, they're very well known companies, and they were very quick to say. Um, this is our position um, and, you know, we're willing to make it known. And, you know, I encourage other companies under small businesses who are, you know, perhaps trying to make that decision whether they can do the same. Just to go out and look at uh, how some of these companies are tackling this tough topic and, you know, perhaps use it as a guide for deciding the direction that they're going to take their own position and communication.
1: Yeah, I, I think um it, it's good to have a blueprint for companies and how they're attacking it and how you can uh, navigate it as a as a smaller business. I think one challenge that might be unique to a small business is that it's it's easier for PR backlash to uh negatively impact your brand um than maybe for a larger business so um like give me a name do you have any of the names that are on the list
0: i do um there's actually 52 companies and i'll I'll just ramble off a few that caught my eye one was patagonia a lush fresh handmade cosmetics asana uh we've got the body shop um you've got companies in a variety of industries burton snowboards um really the list goes on and on. but you know when i when I read that, I was like, "Wow, you know they are um they're they're fully committed to their position, and um if you if you go out and read some of the linked articles um from this initial one that we're discussing today, it's just really thought provoking and I think um you know leaders, if they haven't really spent the time preparing for as you said, you know kind of creating that blueprint, now is the time because you know." If things happen that require a prompt response, the last thing you want to do is make a decision in like a moment of crises, (laughs) because we all know that that's not necessarily the environment that best decisions are made.
1: Agreed. And I I think that as as you were reading some of those names, I, I thought to myself, one, you know, they're almost too big for there to be any sort of backlash that could, Significantly hurt their bottom line, but the other thing that I was thinking too is that that's an on-brand decision uh, to 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 be a part of that that letter, and uh, I follow up that comment by saying, you know, one of the biggest ways that you can decide where your company lands on this issue, if you're going to take a a stance at all, is the are your values, you know, the your corporate values and how you wish to be known, um, how you make decisions, what you value, what you cherish, what you prioritize. And um, I was talking to an organization. Well, we were talking to an organization uh, a few days ago. And I was asking them, you know, well, do you have a, a list of values that help you inform your decision making? And they had to sit back for a little bit. And they said, well, you know, I think it's, it's informal. We have some, you know, unwritten code, but uh, we don't have it written in stone where it's circulated to the team where our customers know what they are. And that really, if you don't have that, it's, it's more difficult to arrive at a place of where you stand on, on certain issues. So if, if there's any takeaway from our conversation on this, Um, And I'm sure there'll be more because we've got more time to talk about it. Is Mm -hmm. go back to your values, or or start Mm -hmm. delivering and creating values, um, so that can help you inform your decision making about these. It's something Mm -hmm. to loop in your HR team. It's something or us, you know. uh, It's something to loop in marketing, uh, public relations, if you have it, or public relations advisor, and possibly legal as well, uh, because Mm -hmm. these are. Big topics to tackle, and to your point, Summer, you don't want to be uh, backed up against the wall in a crisis situation to come to a position and you haven't thought about and had time and space to think about the implications of that. So, um, yeah, that's 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 kind of what I'm thinking as a as a takeaway.
0: Yeah, I think if I, uh, you know, given that we had a couple more minutes on this topic, uh, you know, there's a few other things that I wanted to uh, point out as, you know, kind of a, uh, a wrap up and, you know, kind of segue into the next portion of our show. Um, one is uh, for those of you that are in the HR space and, you know, and navigating, uh, you know, these difficult conversations with leaders um, to one, please know um, that Jumpstart can be a great thought partner for you uh, in regards to these matters um, and that, you know, we are tackling these difficult issues um, on a pretty regular basis with our clients and we can help share, you know, kind of different perspectives and, you know, you can trust us to be um, a neutral partner for you. So, you know, I want to be clear that You know, by addressing this topic today, it's not so much to say, um, hey, we as individuals or Jumpstart believe in, you know, one side or the other, but rather, um, you know, as leaders and small business owners, really just sharing value for how some of the items that um, are happening in the world right now can have a profound impact on your business and really just thinking through um, how to navigate those. Um, one of the tools that I wanted to share um, was a really great article on Sherm, written earlier this month by Matt Gonzalez. Um, he did um, a write-up on the guidance of actually handling Roe v. Wade discussions in the workplace. And, you know, I think that's um, kind of a great first read for anybody who maybe hasn't had to go through tackling, uh, you know, what's considered taboo topics perhaps at work. Um, And then also wanted to talk a little bit about, um, Joey, have you heard some of the companies who um, are in states where there are um, some restrictions in place right now um, for abortions and some of the benefits that some companies are providing to help provide some services to those team members so that they can um, seek reproductive health services out of state?
1: i've I've heard I've heard some of that um, not as super well versed, but i I have heard that there are companies attempting to um, bridge the gap that is now created because of the the legislation that's in place.
0: Sure. Well, we don't expect you to be an expert on everything, but I only mention it because these are topics that you know, myself and the other consultants are having. With business leaders who are in some of those locations and looking at some of what's already been done, um, often by larger companies, again, kind of taking a stand and saying, Hey, you know, we believe that um, our team members, as part of their overall, or as part of our overall the business and their our commitment to their health and well-being, we want to ensure that uh, they can seek out services. And uh, in short, some of these companies are providing um, coverage of expenses that are incurred by their team member if they need to travel out of state um, to seek these services so when i started hearing about that i was like wow like that's a really um interesting and like large but you know great commitment from uh, the employers and You know, depending on, you know, what happens here in the near future, they may be conversations that we're having with more companies as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that that speaks to the values of those organizations and saying we feel so strongly about this issue that we are committing our resources for our employees to, um, you know, Explore those opportunities and and um, utilize that benefit. So wow, we uh, we talked a lot about about Roe v. Wade and its uh, implications at work. And uh, you know, if you need our services to unpack that with your team, reach out to us at uh, jumpstart-hr.com. And we're gonna go ahead and switch gears a little bit and jump into our consultants' corner. Consultants' corner is where we tackle tough topics that we're seeing in the field. And it's a way for us to unpack the JumpStart way and how we might be able to uh, help you get some takeaways for your organization. Summer, do you want to take this uh, topic, set up this topic? I'd
0: love to. Uh, This is a question that uh, we have in our uh, initial consults with small business owners, we get this uh, gosh, probably at least t- I'd say like top five maybe um, at least in my experience, Joey, I'll be curious to hear about yours. Um, but the topic that we're talking about today comes from our uh, sales calls. and one of one of the questions that they pose to us is they say, hey, uh, you know I'm a small business owner and I utilize a few contractors. And you know that's working well for me, but I'm really curious. When should I be thinking about hiring my first employee? Um, and like, how will I know? And it's, uh, you know, it's it's really exciting when we meet individuals, and you know, kind of these. This is the stage that they're at in their business because we know, Joey, that it's exactly the right time for them to be talking to us early on versus maybe when they have hired a few employees or more contractors. And then we meet up with them and, you know, kind of have to uh, back up the train a little bit and, you know, kind of do some course correction. So when you're talking to uh, individuals on sales calls and they pose this question to you, uh, what, what are some of your thoughts around, like, how do they know when it's time to hire?
1: Well, I feel like a lawyer when they're asking me this question. Uh, and because my first response is, well, it depends. <laughs> and um, it really depends on the team that you have, the vision for your organization, and uh, the responsibilities that you have individuals undertaking. Um, there's a, a uh, we'll drop a link to this in the show notes. But the IRS actually has a three-point test of what makes a person an employee versus what makes them a contractor. And so it's things around, do you dictate their uh, start hours? Do you dictate how they get their job done? Um, You know, what is the level of control that you exert or wish to exert over this person? Um, And then the other thing it depends on is, you know, your, your budget. Are you able to bring on an individual that's W-2 and benefits and so on? Or uh, do you need to bring on sort of a, a contractor who has a, there's a bit more flexibility in how they get their work done? So, oh, and then also we take a look at their, their location um, because some areas, Cough Cough, California, uh, <laughs> are even more stringent about contractor uh contractor relationships or independent contractor relationships and many contractors are are seen as employees and so um uh, you have to be conscious of that too um so I really just ask more questions than um prescribe because I want to get a feel for well where does this person want to go and so if they're looking to um streamline like we're well, not streamlined but if they're looking to own the uh way that the person works and yeah. if they um that's really the main thing i look at and so if, if yeah. that's the case then it's like well let's have that conversation about w2 because that's where it is mm-hmm. and while while you're talking summer i'm gonna pull up that those irs guidelines and and talk through them because we just sent this out to somebody um this week
0: it is a very, very common question, so while you're pulling that up, I'll touch on some of the questions that uh, that I typically ask because again, you know I'm hoping that for our listeners of the show uh, if maybe this is a question that they've had, um, they can kind of run through some of the questions that we ask and be thinking about them uh, but you know there is no um you know there is no uh really very clear like yes or no answer to this like yes while the IRS and the various states may have their guidance and their criteria when it like when it comes to anything in regards to the law it does require I'm um, actually applying it right so it's like you just can't go through the check boxes and they're all yes or no you add them up and there's a clear yes or no and that's where we come in and so some of the questions i ask small business owners are Um, where are you located Um, right so that we can address uh, the compliance needs for states that have specific criteria? What is the nature, like the main nature of your business? Um, What is the uh, like, how many contractors do you currently have and what is the nature of the work that they are doing? Um, How many hours are they working? How long have they worked with you? These are all things that I'm asking to try to get a better sense of, you know, are they performing core work Um, like that is the main um, like nature of the business? Are they receiving that control that you discussed, Joey? Like, is the business saying um, like, you know, hey, these are the outcomes we need and not exerting much control over how and when. The work is done or are they yeah. treating them more like an employee, like, hey, let's check in twice a week. I want updates on all of your stuff. I'm going to tell you um, what I expect for next steps. And um, that's a different level of control that you know we know um, can be a very um, kind of touchy and or gray area for those contractors. So, you know, those are just kind of some of the initial questions that we ask, um, because if we already know just going through those questions that the contractors really should be classified as employees well then the discussion changes right because now we're having conversation not so much how do you know when you should be hiring your first employee it's really more of okay now is the time <laughs> to convert this individual to an employee
1: yeah and um <clears throat> I pulled up the, the IRS rules. Um, but I want to also make a comment too. This is, is less the HR thing than it is, a a business operations thing. Um, if you're in a position where you absolutely need, uh, employees, um, but you feel as though maybe it's cost prohibitive at the time. Another thing to look at is your pricing and your pricing model. And, um, Maybe you're not charging enough or maybe the way finances are allocated in your business, maybe more should be spent on labor uh, and less on other categories. So that's another thing to think about, too, is maybe it's not just we can't afford uh, people uh, on as employees, but it's also like, do I need to raise my rate so that we can? Because we we absolutely need to. Um, so that's something to take a look at. But back to the, the IRS common law rules, there are three things that the IRS looks at to determine if, you, if an individual is an employee or a contractor. The first thing is the behavior of the, the individual. And the, so does the company control or have the rights to control what the worker does and how the worker does his or her job? So do you say you can only use this document, you can only ask these questions, you can only, you know, use this form, or you can only do this, that, and the third. Um, if you put a lot of guardrails around how someone does their job, that's uh, check one for they might be an employee. Second thing is financial. Um, are the business aspects of the worker's job controlled by the payer? Uh, these things include things like how workers paid, whether expenses are reimbursed, who provides tools, supplies, et cetera. So it's it's something like, you know, do you set the rate that a person is paid or does the independent contractor give you their rate and, um, you know, it's stuff like that. Uh, and then the third one is type of relationship. Are there written contracts or employee type benefits, i.e. pension plan, insurance, vacation pay, et cetera? Uh, Will the relationship continue and is the work performed a key aspect of the business? So that one is something like, you know, are you paying people time off? Uh, Are they, um, you know, well, HR is a little bit different because um, there was a court case in California um, about independent contractors versus, um, versus employees. And there was a list of exempted um, roles, so um h r is a little bit different for our our company, but it was it brings to mind the whole like is a Uber driver an independent contractor or an employee and back when we were having those discussions, so if a person is doing a key role of your business um and they're a contractor um and they're not on the exempted list, then um, you could have that third strike. Uh, yes, they're an employee.
0: You bring up some really great points, and I know a number of episodes previously. We actually dove deeper into uh, the classification or misclassification of contractors. And so, if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, "Gosh, I need to know more about this," then you know, take a look at one of our earlier shows for uh, a deeper dive. But I was hoping that we could close out. Um, kind of the last discussion for today's show to really finish answering the question about, you know, how, or, you know, how do business owners know when they should hire their first employee and just kind of share some of our closing thoughts?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. we I kind of went on a rabbit trail.
0: No, no, no. I think it's, it's really, it's great information, but you know, what are, what are your thoughts on, you know, you're a small business owner, you have, a few contractors, and you're like, gosh, like, how do I plan for this? When do I right know?
1: Yeah, I think um, you should be hiring employees when you're uh, concerned about other people uh, taking and using um, your company's IP uh, after they they leave your organization. Um, that's one example. So, if you, for example, uh, have a certain way you run your business. Um, it's one thing to tell an employee, hey, these are trade secrets, you know, you can't um, replicate them if you were to go work for a competitor. It's another if you're telling that to a contractor because there isn't that that relationship there. Um, the other thing is if you, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I mean it in a good way, actually, if you want to own the growth of your team. Um, one of the challenges of, of having independent contractors is they can and have the right to only be as committed as their compensation allows. Um, but if you're looking to do performance management, if you're looking to see growth and to develop your, your team, um, then you might want to look at um, an employee-employer relationship as opposed to contractor. And then the third thing is, you know, um, If you're at a place where you're looking to replicate yourself or replicate uh, other people in the organization and scale your business, it's a lot better to do that, I believe, with employees who are committed to the way that you want to run your business and the values that you have about your business uh, than to um, bring on consultants who have the right to do the task the way that they want to do the task. Um, so those are my those are those are my conversations of when you're ready to to hire employees.
0: Those are really good. And I love having these conversations because I think that we each have uh, kind of a slightly different reasons or perspectives. And I don't think that any are wrong. I think that they're just additional, they're just additional considerations. And when I'm talking with small business owners, you know after we get past that initial, Kind of compliance piece because oftentimes that in itself is like enough for them to know. Okay, well now is the time. Well, let's just say they are using contractors and um, they are not misclassified, and it truly is um, a decision that they can make when they determine that they want to make it. Uh, one of the conversations that I love to have is about opportunity cost, and you know I ask them like, well. You know, you're wearing all of these hats. Like, how much are you losing by not hiring someone? And like, you know, I see this giant like blank look on the faces of like, gosh, uh, I don't, I don't know. So then we'll start talking about like, okay, based on the nature of their business, you know, um, are you potentially missing out on um, pursuing leads? Are you maybe not following up on them as well as you should? Or are there projects that you're just not saying yes to because you're afraid that you don't have um, a, like a either large enough team or um, committed enough team to take on some of these larger projects. And then you start kind of seeing the wheel spinning right to where they're like, gosh, yeah, you know, um, that happens to me all the time. And so that's where, you know, we really need to start thinking about investing in maybe even just one hire has the ability to take something off of the owner's plate. So that they can pursue some of these opportunities. And if that's not enough, then, you know, I start talking to them about, um, because we know this is the common issue with business owners. Like, well, what other aspects of your family, your life, your relationships um, and health are impacted because, you know, maybe you're working 60, 70, 80 plus hours a week, and that's just not really sustainable to build a business. So you know, these are all definitely considerations to get somebody closer to, uh, you know, making that decision. And you touched a little bit, Joey, on the last aspect, which was um, kind of the financial component. And I think um, that that decision as to knowing when to hire an employee is, is usually when businesses have consistent income to cover their expenses uh, and or when they are stable enough uh, to to incur the debt, um, you know, based on that business's kind of current trajectory.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All great, all great things. And so if you're, uh, if your mind is blown, if you want to discuss this further, if you uh, need a 15 minute consult, um, reach out to us at jumpstart-hr.com. And we'll take care of you. We'll help you see the the future. Uh, One of our values is to bring clarity from the clouds. And so uh, if it's foggy to you right now, it's not to us. And we can help you get where you need to go. Um, Summer, this has been an awesome conversation as always. And thank you so much for tuning in to While We Were Working. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week.
0: Thanks, everyone.
1: If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and coworkers. And as always, you can find more info and additional resources at whilewewereworking.com.